everybody, and welcome to the 19th episode of the Meeple Dungeon Podcast. As always, I am Rob. And I'm Anna Marie. And we are recording this on Boxing Day 2021. So, Merry Christmas to everybody. Merry out there. Christmas. And Woo! you will notice our cool uh, Christmas theme song that just played. <laughs> Uh, hope you appreciate that. <laughs> I appreciate we, we, it. We went through a lot of work trying to figure out how to do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's Boxing Day, and yesterday was Christmas, and this day is before be, that was Christmas Eve. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be our second last episode of the year. We're actually going to sneak in another episode right around New Year's Eve. Um, I apparently had high hopes thinking we could get this out a few days ago, right yeah, before no, Christmas. Yeah, it wasn't so. going to happen, but here <laughs> you know. we are anyway. <laughs> but yeah, this is going to be the second last one, and this one's going to have a review, but next week's is going to be about our, uh, kind of like a look back on on our year, probably, and a oh, man. top 10 list of our favorite games it's from all, the year. Oh, that's going to be tough. Yeah, I know. We've Yikes. been already, like, pre-doing our lists, and it's been horribly difficult. It's been yeah. quite the year for games. But yeah, this this week, um, as our second last episode, we are going to start it off because, I mean, yesterday was Christmas, so Santa left us some stuff under the tree. So yep. we do have some new things to the collection. Um, <laughs> Thank the first you, Santa. One, I'll talk about this one first, the game I got here. Um, this one is called Cthulhu Death May Die. You may have heard of it. Yes, from Simon <laughs> Games. Uh, and this one is from Rob... Dave, Davio? Davio. Davio. I think. And Eric M. Lang. Um, the Eric M. Lang. And this yeah, one... they should have had that in front of it. The yeah. Eric M. Lang. Yeah, we have quite a few games uh, with his name on it in our library. Yeah. But um, this one's one I've wanted for a long time. A long, long time. This is one where I think you've kicked yourself a few times. Very much so. Yeah. Because when I first <laughs> heard about it, I was like, okay... It looked cool, obviously. Yeah. But Cthulhu had been overdone and done and done and yeah. done and done and done. Um, so I was kind of like, ah, well, if I'm going to miss out on one, this is probably the one that I'll <laughs> miss out on. Yeah, that was the wrong <laughs> the wrong idea. Um, because the, the more I've looked into it since then, it's like, oh, man, this is this is going to be good. And we've been talking a lot with Jason from uh, Dyson Dragons. Dragons about his love of this game. Yeah. So he definitely... he he went like all in, like yeah. got the gigantic figure. Yeah. He, he has no regrets tall. on this game. No, he thought he would, and then he got it. He's like, no, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of his favorite games yeah. ever, and uh, he tells us about it a lot. And uh, yeah, so we finally got a copy of it. Um, we don't have all the things; we just have the core box. But um, yep. I'm assuming this is going to be good enough. I think for that'll now, be anyway. plenty. And it says that it's one to five players and it's 14 plus because it's a fairly mature theme you're doing with Cthulhu and the uh, elder gods and all that stuff and um, yeah. shooting them and people getting eaten and things. And yeah. uh, it says 90 to 120 minutes. And that sounds perfect to me. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of the right amount of time for a game like this. So I'll just read a little bit off the back of the box here. It says, you'll need to uncover and solve the mysteries of up to six different episodic stories using your unique combination of skills and insanities, fighting a, <laughs> fighting a wide array of terrible monsters from across the mythos. Then you must disrupt the ritual just long enough to make the Elder One vulnerable and kill it dead. It's probably a one-way trip, but you're up for it, right? 
totally, to- totally up yeah. for it. Says Cthulhu: <laughs> Death May Die is an action-packed cooperative board game for one to five players to defeat the eldritch horrors from outer space and time. He must embrace madness and work together. It's funny. I was just thinking how it's like death may die. It's like, yeah. hey, it may <laughs> it probably it won't, yeah. <laughs> but it may. <laughs> I think we will. I think he's he just said that this is like one of the more um like intense yeah intense games where he's just like he's not sure if he's going to make it yeah and like people are sacrificing themselves to try and help everyone else (laughs) and i remember him telling me about running into a room or something with some bombs and blowing himself up just Just so that they could finally beat it yeah Yeah, just to hold back whatever monster they were up against i don't remember if it was cthulhu or what but uh and then it helped all the other people and i think that was only like one of the earlier yeah parts of it too not even and he's been obsessed with this ever since, and he's he's told us a lot about it. So, yeah. yes, we finally have a copy, a copy of Cthulhu Death May Die, and I'm excited to play it. Yeah. So, the... yeah, that's what I had under the tree from Santa. I felt like you were hiding something. You had that up on the table, and it's covering your whole side of the table. <laughs> no. Such a big box. But well, the one you're, you're is carrying is also uh, a big box. basically about the same, yeah. I would say, yeah. What I... Uh, had under the tree from Santa was Merchant's Cove and this it's the Pearl of the Five Realms and this one um, is designed by Carl Van Ostrand with Johnny Pack and Drake Villarreal and or Villarreal I'm so sorry this is going to be butchered again (laughs) but Villarreal yeah Villarreal yeah I butchered it the first time Um, and then art by now I I read this it's probably Art by Tay Miko. I, I want to say it's Tay. But yeah. when I read it, I read it in like a New York accent and I read it art by the Miko. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so, so like I was a mobster or something. Sure so I apologize, but cool name either way it's pronounced. I <laughs> yes. like it. Um, and it's published by Final Frontier Games. Um, you read the, some of the back, so I should turn it over and read some of the back. Yeah, this one I hadn't heard a ton about, but... Sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, so this one is also 16 to 90 minutes, uh, one to four players, and about 14 plus. Yep. This one, um, I don't know if, I won't read from the back, but I, I've heard a lot about it where it's just uh, as- a lot of asymmetrical players. So each player has an asymmetrical power. And, it's not just power, but... Oh, not power, but like it's player. It's like full on like solo almost game. Like you're playing different games yeah, at the same playing, time. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm curious. I decided not to read the back because. No, I've, I've seen like, um. The components look amazing. Yeah, the components in look this off game. the charts. Like I know that one player, you know, has like marbles they have to use on their playboard. Another player has to do like a little race around an island or something. Looks on like their they're dragon board. boats in here or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like it's, it's like wildly different, um, scen- like scenarios each player has to do. To do to, to yeah. win this game, but the board looks awesome. Like it just looks so pretty. Yeah, it looks, it looks very really, nice. Really nice. We got an expansion, a couple of them for it, right? Yeah, yeah. The innkeeper and the dragon rancher. Yeah, we got those as well, and another one coming. Oh, I forget which one that was, but apparently this game is a lot of fun. Yeah, so I'm very, uh, very excited to dive into this one. Um, yeah, it just sounds seems very neat playing different, just like different games, yeah. but still playing together and at the same time. And yeah, where it's even like when you, when I think of asymmetrical, I think of like root, where each faction has different abilities and different ways of manipulating the board and things yeah. like this. But this one is like 
your own player board, yeah. as I understand. And you're doing a completely different Something thing. different. You have a completely different win condition, I yeah. think. Completely different everything. So it just seems like extremely asymmetrical. Where yeah. We're not even really interacting. My board versus your board. It's just like I got to get what I want done on yeah. mine, and you got to get done what you want on yours. I'm curious to see if there is interaction. Like, there has well, to I be. Well, there is. So I'm curious to see how that how that I goes. I want to say and... it's through, like, the main board, because there's, like, a main board in between us, yeah. and we're doing a whole bunch of things on that board, and I think we're we're kind of messing with each other in there, mm-hmm. but then on our own boards, it's kind of like we're doing whatever we're doing, Yeah. and it's wildly different from each other. So, yeah, we haven't played it yet. We'll play it soon. That'll be... Mm, we'll probably get to that... In January, I would think. Maybe. Maybe this week. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. But I think we'll do a review of that one. So that'll be probably in the early... Reviewed next year. Yeah. Early 2022, we'll do a review of that. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we're going to be doing a whole bunch of newer... Not a whole bunch of newer, newer things, but we're going to be... We've been talking about different things we want to do for the podcast uh, moving forward. Because we've been doing this about mm, five months or so. 19 weeks, to be exact. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, we'll be switching it up a little bit, but not really. Well, we're going to, you know, we're going to catch Just up with all our, our 2021 <laughs> games. And then as 2022 games come out, we'll, we'll be reviewing those as well. But we're going to be doing other things in between, um, uh, new reviews and, uh, and things like that. We'll do some interviews and we're talking about reviewing older games and things like that too. So <laughs> there'll be a lot of neat things that we're going to do in 2022. We're pretty oh, excited you're a little to do there. That. The things we're going to do right. in 2022. Yes. <laughs> We've oh, been watching a lot of The Grinch, so a lot of rhyming going on. Yeah, that's true. We've watched all three of them uh, in the last few week. times. Um, 2022, I heard someone say that 2022 oh, yeah. is going to be 2022. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> and, yeah, I was like, that's, that's awesome. Well, not awesome. It's going to be brutal, but it was a funny way of yeah. saying it. But Make light of this. We know. are going to run on over to our crowdfunding because we have a cool game to talk about there. So we'll see you over there in a second. Oh, and enjoy the new Christmas music. Then here we are at our crowdfunding segment. I hope you appreciated that new Christmas I, interlude music. I know I sure did. We went through great <laughs> effort to make that happen for you. Before um, we get um, get started on the crowdfunding section with all the new stuff, yes. I wanted to quickly just throw in there. Last week we were um, debating on whether or not we were going to get Weather Machine by uh, Vitalis Serta, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to say that we backed it. So yes, we did. <laughs> I'm excited because this will be our first Lacerda game, and it looks so nice, and yeah, it it, it looks, looks very good. busy and not busy, but like involved, which I'm It'll sure be, it will um, be. Um, but I'm excited to dive into that one. It'll be a big uh, game for you in particular. Like, this is going to be... I don't think you've played a game quite on this uh, heavy level. I'm looking forward to oh, it Oh, you're going to so beat much. the pants off me. I already know that. <laughs> because I'm not good at these heavy games. But I don't think you've played one on this kind of... Well, I don't think you've played any Lacerda. So, and it, no, as far I don't as think I, I have. For myself, I've never played anything heavier than anything he makes. Yeah. So... 
yeah, I think that'll be a cool experience for you to be like, wow, look at all the things going on here. And even if I fail miserably, I get, oh, look oh, at these I pretty figures. So. <laughs> look at these. I don't think so. Look at this lovely, colorful board. And for that game, we actually got one extra thing, too. We got the metal gears. Oh. So, like, on the board, there's gear. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Some of the. Was that, like, an extra or something? Yeah. Oh, so cool. So you can replace cardboard with metal. Nice. So, like, there's these. Cogs, yeah, I think is what they are in their metal. That yeah. makes sense. So Weather machine. Yeah, we we ended up getting that. Oh, nice. Oh, yes, lovely surprise. Yeah, I'm excited for. It. I'm really am. It looks really really good. But we have a new one that we that we were looking at on Kickstarter, and it funded uh, three four days ago. I think just before just before Christmas, late last week. And this one is Octopus's Garden, and this comes from designer. Roberta Taylor and published by Maple Games. This one is um, a reprint we just discovered. Yeah, which is super cool because we yeah. were looking into, you had mentioned that um, the, designer. the designer was Canadian. Yes. So, woo woo, Canada! Roberta Taylor, uh, a lady from what we want to think is the East Coast. Oh, I fully <laughs> just, just threw it the out picture. there. I was like, oh, there's a picture. Yes. I'm going to say she's on the East Coast. It looked, it <laughs> so looked, that is pure conjecture, but yeah. that is The background on her picture looked like it came from, yeah, the East Coast. Just East the, Coast. Whatever, but that's our yeah. conjecture. We don't know. I tried to find out where she's from, and I've been I've been searching. I'm not sure, but she is So Canadian. we have nothing but conjecture to go on here. Yes. So that's what we're going to do. <laughs> and pretty cool. So... Uh, yeah, it looks like I think the original was ten years ago in two thousand and eleven. It was it says twenty eleven on here, and she won. What was it here? Octopus Garden, a twenty ten Canadian Game Design Award winner. Yeah, that's so, so she cool. won an award for this game way back in twenty ten. Yeah, um, when it was printed with Valley Games, and it had art, uh, different art from Mark Poole on that one, a very more uh, photorealistic sort of art look to it versus now it's art from Carrie Aitken which has kind of a more cartoony brighter aesthetic I would say yeah. to it um, I'm just going to read a little bit off their BGG here um, and it says in Octopus Garden players take on the role of octopuses competing to create the most beautiful gardens attract colorful seahorses and clownfish without losing pearl producing oysters to the hungry sea stars Octopus those sea stars <laughs> They're always munching things. Octopus <laughs> Gardens is a tile-laying game for two to four players. Players choose which plant and animal tiles to purchase from the central market and then decide how to best arrange them in their own garden. Careful planning is required to attract seahorses and clownfish to protect pearl-producing oysters from the sea stars and avoid startling delicate feather worms. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so that is the, that is the, the basics of it, is that there is going to be a central board where you're going to be purchasing tiles from it. And it's going to have, I think, nine or nine tiles kind of available at any given time with all these different uh, like different rules things. for how you place them, I think, right? Like where you yes, can place things, which is neat. Yes, each one has different type of placement rules. Um, so there's garden, like sea grasses, uh, sea stars, coral, and then anemones, <laughs> oysters, <laughs> hermit crabs, relics, uh, trash even, which is sad um yeah that is sad empty shells and so forth all these different random things um that you're going to be placing and they all have different rules on where you can place them adjacent to this and not close to that or whatever and then they're going to start attracting these seahorses and clownfish and those are how you're going to get points and the oysters are producing 
pearls, which are your currency. So it's like your income. Yeah. So every time a sea star were to eat one of your oysters. Good buy money yeah, for the next your, round. There goes your currency for buying more things for your garden. Um, so this game looks really, really pretty. I really yeah. like the look of it. Um, it looks very simple and fun and kind of elegant. I like the way it it looks. I think it's going to be a very simple game, but a really fun one. Kind of like, um, I don't know. It has like Savannah Park kind of vibes for me where it's like, I know it's a different game, like different style of game, <laughs> but just kind of fun and light yeah. and um, an adjacency tile things going on, right? For yeah. Just really, really, I think it's going to be quite light and, but. I think thinky and fun. Um, and so in the the Kickstarter, there's only one um, one pledge. And it is a $30 American, uh, which gives you Octopus Garden and the Kickstarter exclusive wooden pearls. So That's you nice. get to replace your cardboard pearls with wooden ones. And they look kind of like half orb or like um, like a dome, yeah. like a little dome that you can sit there. And they look really, really nice. Like a Bosu ball. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, or a half dome, <laughs> like <yeah>. you said. <laughs> it comes with yeah, it comes with um, yeah, a whole bunch of kind of uh, little extras like oct- little octopuses and uh, little shark tokens and things, or all these different kind of extra tokens from the Kickstarter, like stretch goals and uh, a couple of rule books and a nice printed bag, drawstring bag to put all your tokens. That's in. That's nice. That's a nice touch. I yeah. like the colorful bag. Yeah, I like that. And it's, yeah, it seems really, really simple and really, really fun. And just, I like that it's the Canadian designer and um, that it's getting, this is a kind of a reprint. So this, this game must have had legs back in 2010. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm stoked on it. And for and 30 bucks, so that's going to be like 40 bucks Canadian. Yep. And uh, yeah, we pledged that. So uh, I'm lucky we got in on it because I only saw it like a day or two before it was ending. And was that like, almost like induces panic sometimes when you see a game and you're like, oh, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, my gosh, it's only got a day left. Yeah. Or if you see it and you're like, oh, it's awesome and you've missed it. It's such a deflating. Yeah. Oh, dang. And but, they did well. But we um, got it. <laughs> so I want to say they were at like 600% of their Right there. 25,000 pledged of the $4,000. Of their $4,000. So $4, they did pretty darn good. Yeah, they had uh, almost 700 backers. So looks really, really cool. I'm uh, I'm excited to play it. I'm a big octopus fan because um, I'm a big Red Wings fan, and their their uh, mascot is an octopus. So we have octopus art in the house now. We just we got <laughs> uh, for Christmas and stuff, and I have a big octopus tattoo on my right arm. And um, yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it just drew me to it. Light game. I love these light games, especially for our yeah. kids and. Yeah, they're and fun. And just yeah, I think it'll be a great little game to get. So that was an easy back for us. You and could have backed it on the cover alone. You'd be like, click. More or less. Yeah. Done. As soon as I saw it, I was like, Octopus <laughs> Garden. This sounds fun. I don't even know what it is. So yeah, no, we got that coming, and we'll see that in 2022. And I think that's what it said. It'll be, I would imagine. Be, uh, I don't imagine that would be very summer. Yeah, summer. Of very long Kickstarter. Yeah. So. That is our crowdfunding segment. Uh, segment. Let's uh, head on over to do our last review of 2021. (gasps) 
the final part of the episode for another Meeple Dungeon review. review. And this is the final review of 2021. Um, what game are we reviewing to, to end off the year, Anna-Marie? We are reviewing Brian Brew, <laughs> High King of Ireland. Yes. And then, <laughs> forgive me. That was uh, uh, That's pretty good. Designed by Pierre Sylvester, art by Deirdre Debarra. Published by Osprey, Osprey Games. <laughs> um, yes, Brian Baru, the High King of Ireland. Um, he So this game uh, kind of came out of nowhere for me. I don't know about you. But I was actually looking through the pre-order section of um, our local board game store. Yes. And I saw this and I was like, oh, right away, like the art intrigued me. And then I, yes. I read the description. I was like, oh, that sounds that sounds neat. And yes. yeah, I just I, I think I mentioned it and just kept, you know, every time I'd scroll through the pre-orders, I'd see it. And I was intrigued. Yeah. Um, it the so I you kept saying the name of it and I was like, yeah. oh, OK, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know, like it wasn't had never heard of it. Had, yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, sure. Um, but then when I saw the art, is when I was like, wait a minute, because it reminded you of one of your like, favorite, favorite games, games of all time. One of my favorite games yes, of all time. One of Inish. Yeah, because the art is like, very similar, really similar. Where to the where I thought it was the same artist, and I thought it was even from the same publisher. That's why I originally clicked on it. I was like, oh my goodness, I thought this was maybe just another in. Like a series, a series yeah. or something, but no, it it was different publisher, different designer, different artist. Everything was different, and I was like, "Oh, okay." Well, so I kept reading, and like you said, yeah, once you read about this game, it's like this has so many things that I look for in a game, including a combination <laughs> of uh, area control mm -hmm. combined with trick taking. Yeah crazy combination like, when i read that i was like what on earth yeah. is this game gonna be because <laughs> two of my favorite things but just not something that you see together together and i was no. like okay well the art everything about this says i need to get it so we pre-ordered it yes and it arrived about mm, three weeks ago yeah something like that yeah we played it a couple times we played it with four yes players yes so Brian Baru. Before we delve into that, okay, I just want to say you were um, kind of right around the same time that we got this game. Um, you had been telling me about the um, the different places where we had listeners from. Yeah. And, oh yeah. And oh, we <laughs> we saw that there was. I'm assuming we're assuming it's one person, but like yes. that uh, from Ireland that yep. had downloaded. We think like. Uh, all well, of the episodes up to that point. Yeah. And it, which was really cool because then I was like, oh, that's perfect. And we were just going to do this. Uh, Brian Baru, the High King yeah, of Ireland. No, I forgot all about that. You're right. Because all of a sudden. <laughs> so this one's Ireland, for you. Ireland <laughs> this one's for you, Ireland. <laughs> jumped, yeah, it jumped into number three on our listener list. For that one, for that week. No, for or... in, in total. Number Like right now it's Canada, US, Ireland. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. for our downloads. Yeah. So, and I think it's one person or maybe two people in Ireland downloading everything we have. Yeah. So. We appreciate yes. you. Thank you. Hopefully you're listening <laughs> Hopefully to this. Hopefully you continue. Yeah. So we haven't <laughs> butchered your accent with our Canadian. Oh, I fully have. Oh, it's not that bad. Well, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. Um, so 
Okay, this game is a interesting thing going on here. So I, before uh, we get into much, I want to read from their BGG just so you have an idea of what we're actually dealing with here. And it says, In Brian Boru, the High King of Ireland, you strive <laughs> <Nice>. to unite <laughs> Ireland under the domain, your domain, securing control through might, cunning, and matrimony. Join forces to fend off Viking invaders, build monasteries to extend your influence, and gather support in towns and villages throughout the land. To become High King of all Ireland, you need to navigate a web of shifting alliances, outmaneuver your enemies, and grab history by the reins. The success of the historical Brian Baru rested on three pillars. His victories against the Vikings, the favor he managed to garner with the church, and the alliances he forced through political marriages. Forged, not forced. <laughs> forged. Yeah, let's clarify uh, that. <laughs> yes. This became the foundation of the game, with each pillar becoming a suit in the trick-taking that forms the core of the mechanisms. So, yeah, there's there's four suits in this game. One kind of represents his, the fights against the Vikings. One represents uh, the marriages that he's forged. forged uh, <laughs> not forced. Throughout the lands. And then the his... Uh, Wheelings and dealings with within the church, yeah. Um, as well as the fourth one being his own royal uh, family, Brian Burrow himself. Um, and it says, yeah, win a trick and gain your influence in a town, which in turn gains you majority of the regions. If you lose the trick, however, deliberately or otherwise, you instead take an action corresponding to the suit on the card. Okay, so this sounds like a whole bunch of stuff. Um, we're gonna start. So that's the theme. That's a quick theme is that you're you're representing Brian Borough and he's trying to unify Ireland and and fend off the, the, the Vikings from yeah. <laughs> from uh, uh, where are they the, the Vikings over. Yeah, from the Scandinavia. Vikings. Yeah. Um, so how does this game play? So for a four player game, which is what only we've only played four players. Yeah. Um, and it's three to five. Yeah, three to five players, sixty to ninety minutes. And this is a weight of about almost three out of five, which okay. seems, uh, well, kind of, yeah, I'd say that's pretty spot on. So in the game, you're going to, you have this uh, main main board uh, with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different areas on it in which you can control. And within all those eight areas are uh, a whole bunch of towns that are kind of up for grabs. Um. And so the game begins by dealing out cards to everyone. So everyone in a four-player game gets six cards dealt Eight. to them. Nope. In a four-player game, it's six. Okay. I believe. No, you're probably right. I think it's six cards dealt. Or either way, you get cards dealt to you. You're probably right. Okay. And you end up drafting two. So that's another element of this game. So there's card drafting. There's area control. And there's trick-taking. So, yeah, so oh, back to that. So yeah, it's so cool. You you draft out two cards out of the hand that's given to you. You pass the rest to the left and so forth, and you draft another two, and then you pass and you draft another two, and you end up with six or eight cards, whatever it's it might be. It's six on a four-player, you're right. Okay, <laughs> six <laughs> cards in your hand. I was wrong. To start the game. And what you're going to do is someone at the beginning of the game is going to be designated as the starting player, and they're going to have this ring, this pink ring. Yes. And that ring is going to signify... Which of those little towns on of those eight different regions is up for grabs this turn? One thing I want to interject and just say, I love 
how the designer, however they um, laid this out, they've actually got the towns um, in the Irish language. They don't have yeah. them just in English, which I think is very cool. On the um, and in the rules or like the um, you know the player aid cards, you have one side is English, one side is um, the Irish language. So I think that's very cool. They've got that they've got uh, that they added that part in there. I thought yeah, it was really neat. Yeah. So um, yeah, the, like Dublin is spelt all. Yeah, it's it's just interesting. Irish? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Spelt all Irish. Out, outside <laughs> of what you would assume. Um, but yeah, so you're going to, someone's going to start this game and they're going to select a town on the map that is going to be up for grabs this turn. And out of your hand of cards, you're going to have a mixture of the four different suits the red, the blue, the yellow, and the white. And these cards are going to do different things for you. Just like we mentioned earlier, some are going to make you do well with the church, uh, fight off the Vikings, uh, do well with marriage, or just straight up when using the royalty cards, yeah. which are the the white and they are wild. And the neat thing about this one too is that typically in a trick-taking game, you have, you know, your deck of cards and you've got the four different suits and you have one to eight or one to ten yes. of each suit. In this one, you don't. There's nope. a one to, I think, 26 or 25, yep. but it goes in different orders. So it'll be like um, yellow, blue, red, white, yellow, blue, red, yes. white, and it'll, so there'll be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, according yes. to the different colors, alternating. Mm -hmm. So you don't all, there aren't four number fours of, you know, nope. one red, one blue, one yellow, one white. There you don't have the same number so that adds another element when you're drafting yes. the cards and when you're trying to remember which um which cards have already been played it's oh, yes. a neat element because yep. you're not yeah it's it's very different twist on trick taking which there's is there's a lot yeah, to consider neat. when you're looking at the cards and i should have said at the beginning you also in reverse player order you you place a um a little token out onto uh, a town. So each control one town in one different region to start the game. Yeah. So um, first player is going to take that little ring and is going to put over top of a town, probably in the region that they have their starting town. If they feel like, like they're Let's gonna... just say they did, yeah. right? Because you kind of want area control is the name of the game in this one. Yeah. So they're going to throw down the little circle and they're going to say, this is the town that's up for grabs. And they're going to be trying to take that town. And how do we do that? We use the cards from our hand in trick-taking style. Um, so the player that's first has to play the color that matches that town. So <laughs> yes. there's going to be red, yellow, and blue towns all over the map. Yes. So if you put it on a blue town, they have to start off the trick with a blue card. Everyone else can do whatever they want. Yeah, unlike, unlike typical most. other yes. trick-taking games. Where you you have don't to have to follow suit, suit. If you want to win the trick, you have to play the highest colored card of that starting suit or white which or is white. like the wild yes. yes so if you win the trick you get to do the top action from your card as well as claim that town that you just well fought for basically yes. and yeah so the cards are split there's top actions for winners and two bottom actions for the, for the losers. losers. But you might intentionally lose. <laughs> exactly. In fact, you do intentionally lose <laughs> a, quite a, a bit lot of the time. Because the two bottom actions are really, really, really good, generally. Yeah. And kind of the lower the card, the better the actions, right? So yeah, if you're it's... playing a low card that you know you're going to lose a trick, you're going to have pretty good actions. But if you're trying to fight for, to win the trick, you're going to basically have 
sort of less optimal. Actions. Yeah. So on the bottom. So if you have if you have like a really high high level card that you're going to win the trick with, your bottom action for losing the trick is not going to be as great. Right. So if you but, get hoodwinked out of nowhere, someone yeah. like you played on a twenty something, right, for your yellow, and then I throw down a white. 25, 25 or something and beat you you're like oh man i threw away a really good card because now i've I got to take one of my lesser action, action which is not really good on this yeah. particular card whereas say a number four card where you're right. pretty much going to lose the trick has a pretty decent um top or pretty decent um their top actions are actually really awesome because what are yes. the chances that you win a trick with like a four yeah um and then the the bottom actions are lesser whereas yeah. you know so it's kind of neat and, and balanced that way it's yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about some of what what these actions can do on these cards. So if you play down, if you win a if you win a trick, you're taking that top action, and every time it has the the icon of take the town that yes. was first up for grabs, and then you usually gain a couple dollars or lose a couple dollars. Yeah. Sometimes you have to pay to put your yeah, marker or down. Whatever it might be, it's usually n- nothing huge. No. Um, dollars are are a thing in this because if you don't have money to pay for certain things you have to start losing points yeah but all things considered not a not a big big deal but then the other cards so on the red cards they're all about the vikings the viking hordes that are coming in from the north and uh at the beginning of the game there's going to be uh a viking deck where you flip a, a card over and it's going to say how many vikings are are, uh, are attacking coming. for this yeah. round i should have said that too there's two things you have to set up at the beginning <laughs> there the viking deck and the marriage deck. Yes. For for a four or five player game, it's four rounds. So your marriage deck is four cards deep, just re- representing one different marriage happening for four different rounds. And then the Viking deck is just a big deck of cards representing random amounts of Vikings that are going to be attacking. Yeah. Um. So. So if you if you play a red card and you lose a trick, you are basically going to fight the Vikings with this card, and you are. One of your two options is going to be heavily Viking focused, and the other one to be money or um, adding connections to maybe another one of your towns, kind of thing, where you have to right. pay money to connect another uh, another dot on your on your map. But the Vikings themselves is the, is the big main deal for the red cards, where you could take from those tokens that are dished out at the beginning of the round. Say uh, we drew a Viking card of fourteen. There'd be 14 Viking tokens up in the top corner. And if I played, say, the 11 red card I have here in front of me and I lost, I could choose to take uh, one of the bottom actions, which includes two axes. And that means I could take down two Vikings. Vikings, yeah. So I'd take two of those uh, tokens and I'd add them to my little play area over here. And that'd be what I did with that card. It also ticks down the amount of Vikings that are in the Yeah, so now there's 12 left up there, right? And then if a blue card were played, um, they usually have... Same kind of option where there's money you can get if you lose and or adding uh, a connection to one of your towns. But then there's the church stuff. So the, the church track um, where you can place some of your discs into the church area of the board, which is in the top right. Right. And those are going to get you uh, different things depending on who is in there and how many people are in there and, and whatnot. But you'd be basically like this uh, this 12 blue card, church card in front of me says I could place two discs into the church area. So the more, if you're going church heavy for a round, you're going to try and get a whole bunch of tokens in there because the more tokens you have, the better things are going to go for you, including gaining the first player token, 
which is a big deal for this game. Even if someone won it, or someone will win it, yeah. the, early in the round, towards the end of the round, you're going you're gonna to steal it from. Yeah. So the church is really, really good. Yeah, it allows you to get these, um, like a ring that you place over top of one of your controlled cities. The which, monasteries. The monasteries, yes. right. And that basically allows your town to count for an, as an extra point. Yes, instead of being counted for one, it'll be counted yes. for two when it comes to the area control when we so start that can, getting to that spot. That can be a big swing as well. Yes. And then there's the yellow card. So if you lose, again, you have the two options, generally money or connections, or you can go straight into the marriage where there's a marriage track beside where we had the marriage cards. And there's going to be one person um, kind of up for being wed this <laughs> round. <laughs> yep. And you're going to, for every envelope you have on a yellow card that you've lost a trick with, you are going to climb up that track and it's going to get you closer and closer to marrying that person of influence, which is a big deal. Yeah. Um, they get you, if you are end up at the end of the round at the highest point on that marriage track, you will get all sorts of cool rewards, including victory points and adding a city in a certain area where that person came from. And it's cool. The, the marriage thing is really neat because every round or every game there's, well, in a four or five player game, there's four rounds of four different people, but those cards are always all different, except for the last one. Yeah, it's always the same. Yeah. In the last the last round of every game, the person that is able to be wed is Estrid, the princess of Denmark. So she's a big deal. Yes. Because you well, we'll talk about that in a minute. She's a big deal because she's one of the Vikings, right? Mm -hmm. So um so that's kind of how it works. You're either going up in the church area with your, your influence discs, you're climbing the uh, marriage track, trying to marry, all, uh, marry whoever is kind of available, or you're trying to take down Vikings because the more Vikings you take down, uh, the more victory points you're actually going to get at the end of the round. Right. So that's kind of how it works. And you're going to go around and around and around and around, and around doing these things where someone uh, has the, the, the pink ring to select what city it's going to be. That's up for grabs. Everyone's going to play a card, win or lose. If you win, you're going to take that city and get a small little bonus, or you're going to take your bottom actions from the losers of these cards until everyone's played all their cards, right? Yes. Okay. So that's how it works. And you're trying to strategically capture towns in areas that will make sense for you. Yeah. Um, because... Each area is worth a different amount of victory points towards the end of the game. Um, like there's Munster down here in the south is worth seven victory points. And then there's other places that are only worth two, like Dublin is worth two. It's a lot smaller. Munster is yes. a lot larger, right? Yeah. So. so once everyone has played all their cards and all the tricks have been won and lost and all the things are going on, you're going to go into the upkeep phase of which the first thing you do is the marriage step. So whoever's highest on that track, doesn't even have to be at the top, nope. but highest on that track, yep. is going to marry whoever was there. Yes. They're going to get the bonus of the victory points and whatever else it might have on there, a free city somewhere or whatever, and that's it. Everyone else on that track is going to get the bonus that they're beside, because beside on that track, there's going to be coins and, and various, various yeah. things. So you're not get. like hung out to dry if you don't, no. if you don't wed. And you stay in your spot on that track. Yes. Other if than you're married, you go down to the bottom. Yes. Everyone else stays where they're at. So that's how that works. And then there's the battle step in which you are going to count up your Viking uh, tokens of which all the battles you, you fought 
So whoever has the most Viking tokens is going to be able to do a couple things. Um, and this is something you have to pay attention to or else you'll oh, get yeah. really screwed over here yeah. pretty easily. Where So whoever has the most Viking tokens uh, is going to choose a town of the person with the least Viking tokens to get sacked by the Vikings. Yeah, that's not fun. No. That's no. if there's Vikings left. If there's no Vikings left, like if, say, all 14 tokens have been taken, you don't do that stuff. Right. Because you've, you've successfully knocked off so that's kind of if you're in if you're in last place and you you're trying and you see there are maybe two viking tokens left you're trying to see do i have a red card that i can right? lose this trick exactly. so that you can try to get uh like take out all the vikings so that you're not going to get so, a, one of your towns sacked <laughs> exactly so one yeah it's exactly right so if you are unlucky enough to have the least amount and there's still some vikings invading you are going to get sacked and it's at the choice of whoever has the most which is and if diabolical. You're, if you're tied for having the least amount, both of both you, of get you are going to get sacked. At the choice of whoever yes. has the most, <laughs> which is just awesome. And then whoever um, that was that won, that's going to get rid of their... They get rid of all of their Vikings. Yes. They go back into the into the pile. And then whoever has the most at that point is going to get these extra tokens, and those yeah. tokens are going to give you victory points towards the end of the game. Yeah. Every, kind of well, every time you, um, if you were to win, say, the Viking round again, yes. those are going to compound, and you're going to get to yes. add it's a, keep sun, a, I can't, a sun token or something, yeah. and you get to add. So let's say you got two sun tokens the first round, and, and then you won the, uh, the Viking ones, so you got two victory points for them, yep. but you keep those ones. Then you win the Viking round the next turn. Yep. You get another, say, two. Now you're going to score four victory points that round. So they kind of compound if compound. you go heavy into the Vikings. Exactly. So that's definitely a strategy. And I think I went pretty heavy into Vikings. You did. And I did all right with that scenario. So that's, yeah, you're going to count up the Viking tokens and do a whole bunch of different things where people are getting sacked and people are getting victory points and stuff like that. Then you're going to move on to the church step. So the most, uh, this is this is an interesting pot, uh, spot because it's all about placing your little influence discs into the church spot. And whoever has the most influence in the church spot first off is going to get a monastery yes they take a green ring and they can put it over top of any one of their towns that they want and that instantly makes that town worth two in that region versus one they're also going to get the first player pink ring yes so they're going to steal that from whoever had it and then they're going to take all their discs out of the church all their discs are wiped and they're out of the church game then you're going to see whoever has uh the most. The second most. Second most now because the first player stuff is all gone. So yeah. say I had five and now you've got four on there. You're going to get a victory point and but you're going to lose one, one of disc. your influence. So not all of them. Like no. I lost all mine. You're you're going to lose one. Yeah. And then if there's still people with tokens left there, four or more still, then they're going to also get a monastery. And then they get rid of and then four they get rid of, of their... Four, yes. Four of their discs. Yeah, so, um, yeah, the church thing can be really, really good, especially because you kind of want to have the conch. You want to have that pink ring. You want to be choosing what's up for grabs all the time. You want to kind of control things. So going into the church can really, really uh, benefit you, for sure. Well, maybe they get rid of all of them. But you only have, well, okay, yeah, they get rid if of you all. Have, yeah. Yes. But chances are you're not going to yeah. have that many. No. And then, so that's how the church works. And then you're going to go on to the claim claim regions step. So on the board in the bottom right corner, there's all these big uh, cardboard tokens representing all the different 
uh, regions. And you're going to go through, and you're going to go through them one by one to see if anyone qualifies to take that token. And those tokens are worth victory points at the end of the game, not instant. Yeah, not when you get them. No, because it's have all to about hold control. you got to hold yeah. them. So you're going to go through and say, for instance, Munster needs to have five influence yeah. on it. So if there's a total of five discs placed on towns. Or say four discs or four with, with a, monastery. a monastery. Yes, then it'll have, you'll have broken that threshold of five and whoever has the most influence there is going to get the Munster token and it's going to be worth seven victory points at the end of the game. Yeah. Which is massive. So chances game. are someone else is going to try to steal it from you. Yes. But to steal it, you have to get have more influence than the other person. Yes. You have to beat it out of them. Yep. <laughs> you can't yes. just have the same amount. You can't tie them. You have to nope. have more. And that's where like the Vikings and stuff can come into play. If yes. you control the Vikings, you can start sacking their cities down there and, and removing their influence. Even yes. though there's still influence down there because the Vikings do count, but they don't count to whoever has yeah. been covered. Right? Yes, they still count, they still as count influence, towards influence but... on the overall that there's five or, or more. But... If I cover two of yours, you're down two, right? And then all of a sudden, Jerk. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So you're going to go through every region, seeing if anyone has broken that threshold, and whoever has the most is going to gain gain that to- that that token for. Well, they're hoping to hold on to it for the rest of the game. Yes, they're doing what they can. Yes. So that's how one round plays out. So then you would go through and you'd flip over a new Viking invasion card, and you'd fill in the Viking thing with new tokens. You'd flip over a new marriage card. Yes. And then you would do the draft again. You'd dish out cards. Six cards draft, for the four-player yeah, game. Yes. <laughs> draft them, pass them, draft them, pass them, and you're going to start another round. And you're going to do this four times. And again, we're going to end with Estrid is going to be the final marriage. Estrid, the princess of... of I almost said the princess of darkness. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. The princess of Denmark. And... Uh, the it's cool all this thing, beautiful, light, bright yellow card. So it's so funny. It's a princess right? it of doesn't darkness. Look like darkness at all. At all. She looks like a little, <laughs> no. a little uh, ray of princess. sunshine. Um, <laughs> and uh, it, so the cool thing with that particular card, and the reason it is last in every game, is that you, that's where you make. If you marry Estrid, you combine you can, with yeah. the Vikings. And you can have some. You have a big oh, swing, and it's two sided, so you can pick from three different options with that one. You can pick to either uh, side with the Vikings and and do things with area control. So like mm-hmm. that, you every Viking token that's on the board becomes your influence, or you can do. Uh, there's another thing with the Vikings. I forget how it works, but there's that one was really really good. But there's two different things. You can use the Vikings to your advantage, or you can just burn the card. And get four victory points. Yeah. And and so forth. But it's, yeah. So Estrid is always the, the end of the fourth round. And she's a game changer because of the influence on the Vikings. And, um, oh yeah, one is you can count the Vikings towards your influence Only in the area in one to get region, the tokens right? for, the, for a region. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Versus um, the other way. But yeah, so it's all about using the Vikings yeah. to your advantage, yes. which basically can make or break certain people. You'll want to take a look at the rule book for that last one if you play this again. <laughs> yeah, it, there's only just pictures on the card, and it's hard to hard it to describe hard to exactly discern, yeah. how it how it works. But just know that you're using the Vikings. If you marry Esther, the Vikings are now on your side, and yes. you can pick a couple different options for how they're going to work for you. Or you can burn the card and just get straight up victory coin, yeah, victory points, which is pretty cool. So that's how the game plays out. 
And that by the end of the game, you're going to have people shoving each other around <laughs> and, and, and like covering each other with Vikings and trying to gain influence and, and stealing those, those region tokens from each other. And, and being the reason someone didn't win, even, yes. if, even though it wasn't you, right? Yes. If you don't win, you're the reason someone else didn't win either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's just, it's super, super neat. So we can talk about the art work. Okay. Yes. Well, we've talked about the gameplay, the theme. Yeah. Oh, okay. The theme, does it lend well? Yes. Yes. Because it's all about <laughs> conquering Ireland. Yeah, it got really. a nice big map. Yes. And area control. Yes. And it's, and it's you know, true story. Yeah, <laughs> so. it is. And it's got, yeah, it's... it's. And it feels like it. It feels like area control. It feels like you're fighting for control oh, of yes. the different places. It feels like, you know, you're... Um, like, oh, do I want to, do I want to get married? Like you're thinking every turn, do I want to try to get this marriage this turn? Do I want to try to, you know, gain my support in the church? You're really thinking about those things. I find, um, this game actually does it very well. Like you're, (laughs) you're thinking about all of these things. And if you forget to think about one part of the theme, you're going to lose out <laughs> yeah. and it's going to hurt you. It's good to focus in one area, but to also do a little in yeah. everything else. You can't neglect no, everything no. else. You want to definitely focus in one area for the your majority, but you also want to, you yeah. don't want to be fully out on the other yeah. ones. Exactly. But yeah, I think the theme lends theme very lends well. Theme lends extremely well, conquering Ireland. It feels like the invading hordes are coming and it's just great. Um so now that the artwork, so the artwork is it's what usually me jumping to the art. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> can I talk about the cover. I, can I talk, I need about, to the talk cover? about the cover because <laughs> the Inish box art is one of my favorite box arts of all time, and people, a lot of people will like be on the complete opposite end of that for me. But yeah. I just love that. Oh yeah, that Gaelic old, ain't like really old style. Yeah. Uh, Celtic. It's very artwork. It almost it, looks like stained glass, but it's not stained glass. Like it's like a weird, really weird style. It's very nice art, but I love it. Yeah. Um, and this one has a very similar style. Yeah. Um, I love it, and that's what exactly what drew me right to the game. So big thumbs I up. Love for how me art can the, draw you into a game. Oh, I, I just know. love that. And the artwork on the cards is the same. Yep. It's great. And the artwork on the board is really nice. It's all nicely laid out. It's very clean. Very uh, the, clean. The board is very clean, very crisp. The only thing that uh, that we noticed is like the northern half of the board. You have very different, varied colors. Right. And then the bottom, <laughs> then the bottom half of the board, like the southern half of the of Ireland, is kind of like light orange, yellow, dark orange, and they're all yeah. very similar colors. And I don't know if there was. If there's a reason, like, I don't know if maybe those are the actual colors of the area, in which case that makes total sense. But it just, you've got blues and greens and pinks in the top and then all, like, shades of yellow and orange. But even still with that, you can still tell the difference. And it's very, it is very clean, crisp um, map. Oh, it is. So you you can see it. The only issue we kind of ran into is when the board starts to fill up with uh, your, your little, uh, yes. Yeah. Um. You start to, some of the regions, like you said, in the south, you, you kind of, some of them look like they're divided by some of the rivers rather than the actual uh, border. border. So you're like, oh, no, that, ta- that, that disc's on this side, that not was that me. side. I yeah. had it on the right side because I saw it and, and everybody was saying. Like, Assumed it was in a different It was spot. in the other region. I was like, yeah. no, no. No. I've got, I'm in the I've right got spot. control in that area. You guys are idiots. 
Yeah. No, but that it's a small nitpick. It's not a big no, deal. No, it's not a nitpick. It's just um, an observation. But I, yeah, yeah. I, um, I think it's, I still think it's great. So artwork is great. Components, really good. I love these. These are the, uh, are they tarot sized? They're nearly tarot sized cards. I don't know if they're quite tarot, but they're big. Um, I'm not sure. But they're big. They might be a little Awesome smaller. iconography. You can yeah. tell exactly what you need to be doing yes. with that card. And super simple. Uh, everything's laid out really well. It's got all that great artwork on it. Yeah, all the tokens are really nice. They're big, fat, thick cardboard. All the discs are like... Wooden? Uh, yeah, wooden. Painted wo- style painted discs, you yep. know. Um, just great. Really, really great components. Simple, effective. Iconography outstanding it's actually nice i like how they use discs as opposed to say st- um, standees or um having yeah, minis the discs are, like the discs yeah. work well they yeah. work perfectly i think the other uh, if you had minis or something it would just it would take away from the game almost no no I and like it, this this is correct yeah. this is the way they should have done it, it was very well done yes. i like it i mean you could make it ultra fancy with like like little minis and Whatever, but I, that's, it takes away. I no. think I think that would take away from the art, and no, it, I think it, it it's, it's well, it's done properly. properly. Yeah, yes. where it feels old school. Yeah, on an old school theme, right? Yeah. So I like it. Um, so yeah, components really good. Got no complaints there. Uh, which leads us to, do we like this game? Obviously. <laughs> yup. Oh my goodness! This is one of the best games I played this year, hands down. I love this game. This is yeah. This I, is a, this is the craziest, best way to finish off oh, our year. This game for me. Oh yeah, like just the way that they combined trick taking with area control yep. and and I had no idea how they were going to make this work. No. And yeah, they have trick taking, area control, and card drafting. Card drafting. Three That's of it. My They're awesome. Absolute favorite. And the fact mechanics. that you win when you lose tricks too, and that you have a choice when you lose a trick, you have two options yes. of what you want to do. Do you need like, money? Take the money. The money. You can option. take the money. Do you want to go up the? You can connect track? connect one of your roads with a town if you have enough money. Like it's just. It's so neat that the. Oh, yes. It is very well done the way they combine them. It just. It's extremely yeah. good. This game. This game is, yeah, this is easily one of the best games I've played this year. Uh, spoiler alert, it will be in my top 10 <laughs> uh, list for next year. No spoilers uh, for, on my for side. 2021. <laughs> um, this game is fantastic. Yeah. It, it, since we like it, who do we rec- recommend this for? Pretty much anybody. It'd be um, a little bit tough for young ones. Yeah, I no, think no, that okay, it's so, not, like, yes. age wise, it does need to be yes. a little older. Our. Our nine-year-old, and he's good at games. I don't would think he struggle would struggle with yeah, this one for sure. Um, and what was the age on this? I think it was like fourteen. I want to say. Let me go check the box. Oh, I've got it right here. I got the BGG oh. right here. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. Yeah. Which mm, I would say still. I would say younger than that. I would say eleven, twelve. A kid yeah. could probably start getting pretty good at this. Yeah, I think so. Um, if they're savvy with uh, board gaming stuff. Yep. Um, but just it's all about making the right call at the right time and using the cards that you have to the best of your ability and, and trying to read the board and read each other and yeah. So there's a lot of ins and outs of very particular things you need to pay attention to in this game. But yeah. So yes. if you just want if you're only if you like light games, might not be yeah, the best no. for you. Um, just because it's there is that. There is a lot to pay attention to there while is. you're playing. That being said, the but it is simple. It's a very simple the the flow of the game. The gameplay is simple. It's just 
their strategy, right? So anytime there's strategy yeah, or loads of strategy. Yeah. There's lots of strategy and paying attention. You have to pay attention to a lot of stuff Yes, because I know I found myself at times in, at least in that first game we played, um, forgetting about the Vikings until it was kind of like, Oh no, I have no red cards left. And yes. then I can't get any like, Vikings. No, I'm going to get sacked. And, right? and then I'm just praying. Like I'm sitting there hoping watching, the rest, like the Vikings that are left, I'm like, please let somebody take the Vikings. Please, please, please let it. someone please. take the Vikings. I remember even like pleading with, I'm like, Kurt, you should take those Vikings, yeah. right? And he's like, no. I'm like, ah, oh, dang it. And uh, no, it's, oh my goodness, is this game good? So yeah. yeah I, but it, other than that, I think it's, area, if you like area control, I, I think, I can't see this being yeah. not a hit. That was a really awkward way to say that. Sorry. It would be a hit. Um, yeah, I couldn't see this not being a hit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's interesting if you're not a huge area control fan, but you love trick taking, I think Highly this might be a really cool way to introduce or to play an area control game because the yeah, it's just, just neat. I, I think trick taking, if anyone likes trick taking, this game you should try. And card because, drafting is just fun. Yeah, oh yeah, card drafting is always good. But if if you like trick taking, you should try this game to see if you're like, okay, this is this is worth having. Maybe I can play. Maybe I maybe I might like area control. Yeah, I might you know? like it. I might like area control because it's connected with trick taking, yeah. right? Or vice versa. I might like trick taking because it's area control as well. So if you like either of those, you should give yeah. this game a try because it excels at both of them. Yeah. And combines them super well. And then adding in that, that card drafting round per round is just fantastic. Um, yes. Yeah, this game I, is really good. I think it's fantastic. But I think that, um, yeah, just about sums it up for our last review of 2021. Um, so we are going to get running. You can find us on Twitter, at Meeple Dungeon, YouTube, The Meeple Dungeon. If you would like to send us any comments, questions, or ask us to review a game, it's themeepledungeon at gmail.com. And yeah, we're going to see you for one more episode in like three more days. We're going to squeak one in before the end of the year for our top tens of 2021 and kind of review what we've been doing and chit-chat about the future of the Meeple Dungeon podcast. So we will see you next week. Cheers. Merry Christmas. Have a great week. Talk to you in a few days. Bye.